Jessica, and this is Tebaki Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. And for this episode, Rico's back. Hey, I'm back, <laughs> hey. guys. How's it going? How you Jess? been? I've been pretty right. good. It's been a long time since I've been on on this side of the you know of the brand. Um, mm-hmm. Well, actually, it hasn't been that long. If you scroll back just a couple of episodes, I was I was here for past lives. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of reviewing a Korean drama, it's been a right. while since last yeah. season. Yeah, it's been a long time. What was it? Vincenzo was your Vincenzo, last one. Vincenzo, that's correct. <laughs> Vincenzo. <laughs> Yes. So Rico was basically on all of season one and then he's had a few episodes here and there since season one. So please check them all out. He's the OG co-host of Tebak and we still consistently do Always the Critic movie podcast on the other side. So we're and we're good friends. So like we're constantly seeing each other and podcasting about movies. Always podcasting about movies. Jessica is always podcasting about uh, K-dramas, C-dramas, yeah. all types of dramas. All kinds uh, of dramas. <laughs> and occasionally I do join in uh, yes. just because of scheduling and everything. But thank you for having me back on the show. I had you watch this show. You did. And it was a short show and I was like, oh, perfect. He can fit it in. And I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. I cannot wait to talk about Sweet Home. So. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many more. And if you like us, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That goes such a long way for us. And also, come and say hi. Follow on all the socials to stay up to date on our latest episodes, reviews, content, everything. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Tebak Pod. And lastly, if you're a fan, the best way to be a fan is to be a patron. It is such a great way for you to get involved, to show your support and get a bunch of extra content for as little as $2 a month. So you can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And shout out to our patrons, Curtis Bale, Cindy CD, Alana Grace, Lorna Lee, Sammy and Caitlin. You guys Thank are you great. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you guys. Okay. All right. So we watched Sweet Home. Sweet Home is a Netflix show, a Netflix original. And uh, Netflix is one of the streaming giants and one of the struck companies (laughs) (laughs) in the strike. There is currently, at the moment of recording, there is a dual strike. The WGA is striking as Mm -hmm. well as the SAG. SAG SAG-AFRA is also striking at the same time. It's historical. It's a huge deal. And to give a little context, just on the K-drama side, the series Squid Game. So this creator, and we talked about this on the Squid Game episode with Miguel, your brother, Miguel. Mm -hmm. The creator had this idea for like a decade. Couldn't Mm. get it off the ground. Netflix finally picked it up. And the contract that he signed stipulates that he gets no royalties or residuals whatsoever from Netflix. Squid Game bolstered Netflix $900 million. Insane. Insane. And the creator, I'm sure, obviously he got paid, but it's not the right deal. No. It's, it's unfair awful. completely. Um, not to mention any of the other actors or showrunners, producers, whatever, who should be getting residuals from <laughs> Squid Game. I don't know what those checks look like, but it's 
the fact that he's not seeing any of that 900 mil is wild to me. Insane. And we support the strike. We want them to work it out with the studios and the streamers. We want the streamers to do the right thing. To give context, Past Lives is an A24 movie. A24 is A-OK. They're clear. All of those projects are cleared to continue because they met all of the demands right. of the WGA and SAG Afro. So, like, it could be as shout simple as out to A24. Yes, shout out to A24, an indie distribution and production company who is actually paying their people. So, exactly. Um, that being said, we are going to review a Netflix original K drama, Sweet Home. Season one, yeah. <laughs> just to be clear, <laughs> that is rare. That, from what I understand, is that yeah, it's rare when a K drama goes past the season. Um, but here we are. I mean, you saw it. We'll talk about it. Yes, we'll talk about it. But here's the MDL synopsis. My drama list reads: Following the death of his family in an accident. Loner Ta hyun moves into a new apartment. His quiet life is soon disturbed by strange incidents that start occurring in his apartment and throughout Korea. As people start to turn into monsters, hyun and the other residents try to survive. It aired in its entirety December 18th, 2020. It is firmly a pandemic show. You could say that the massive success of Sweet Home might be contributed by the pandemic because everyone was at home december 2020 yeah people were at home around the world Mm -hmm. not necessarily us here in florida well (laughs) (laughs) but the rest of the world yes florida is the wild wild west yes Um, it is but anyway it is 10 episodes long adapted from the webtoon sweet home by kim kambi and huang yong chan those are the two writers or creators of the webtoon it's directed by eon book this director you should know him by name he's directed things like dream high goblin mr sunshine all of these shows we've covered on the podcast you can scroll back in your podcast feed to listen to those rico you might know eon book from descendants of the sun he directed descendants, descendants of, the of the sun yes <laughs> i remember descendants of the sun okay that was, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a fun time uh, going back and thinking about some of the shows that I have been on. And Descendants of the Sun was one of those uh, ones where, like, I liked it, but, you know, there was a lot of things where I'm just like, oh, no, what is going on here? Why is this happening? And just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have a soft spot for descendants of the sun but it's only in recent years that i found out people don't like descendants of the sun (laughs) (laughs) i got my head in my hands okay but if you want to hear rico and i review descendants of the sun obviously scroll back in your podcast feed that's all the way back in season one sweet home was written by kim hyung bin and pak sori's pak sori is only a name that comes up on my drama list so i'm just gonna mention it i'm not sure if that's correct but kim hyung bin sorry kim hyung bin no i have it wrong kim hyung min there you go also wrote unlock my boss from 2022 and not much else sweet home has a giant ensemble cast huge cast and because this is 
2020. We're now in 2023 at the time of recording. All of these people have gone on to do other things or have been announced on other projects. And I think it's worth mentioning stuff that you might have seen them in or stuff that's going to happen with them in it. So our main guy who's on all the posters, Song Kang, plays Hyunsu and he's been in most recently Forecasting Love and Weather. He was in Nevertheless from 2021. <laughs> This is so hard, Rico, because you haven't seen any of these. But we did cover Song Kang's Navilera, which is also a Netflix original um, from 2021. So you can scroll back in your podcast feed and listen to that one. He was in Love Alarm, which is objectively one of the worst K-dramas ever. I <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he was in The Liar and His Lover from 2017. He is a model turned actor uh what did you think of song kong song kong in the show is great i think oh, he's okay. really good um there's a sympathy that you have for him because the obviously the story kind of yeah. puts it very thick to feel sympathy for him for what he's going through mm-hmm. uh but as the show goes on you know he you know it, it, it's a balancing act between what he is and what he can become without giving oh. too much away. And uh, I think there's like a sympathy of like seeing what can come out from someone, you know? Uh-huh. So I, I liked him as the lead character. I did. Okay. There is a running, it, it's me. I'm the one who has this running feeling about Song Kang because now I've watched him in a few things. The Liar and His Lover, I watched him. Love Alarm, Navilera, Nevertheless, now Sweet Home. And up until this point, before having watched Sweet Home, I thought he's not a good actor. Oh, okay. And the only one that I was like, oh, you know, he's got something was Navilera. That one kind of sold me a little bit. But everything else, I was like, there is nothing Nothing in his eyes. Uh, If you look at his eyes, they're just like doll's eyes. Okay. There's like no expression, right. um, a little soulless. And maybe that's extremely harsh of me to say because I shared very mild opinions on TikTok and people were like, you have to watch him in this sweet home or you have to watch him in whatever. And I was like, that's fine. I'll do it. And I feel like I've gotten enough of him to really still question if he is a good actor because... The way that Hyunsu, the character, was for the bulk of the show before he goes like Super Saiyan in a few instances is how Song Kang is in most dramas. Gotcha. If that makes any sense. Okay, I see what you're saying. And there were glimpses of greatness. And again, like maybe it's just because he is easy on the eyes. People find him attractive. He's super tall. He's a model. And the roles go to him, but I'm not sure if he's the, always the best choice. He probably isn't. That that happens a lot in yes. in, in TV. And it movies. happens everywhere. It's yeah, not just sure. Korean dramas that this happens. Oh no, okay? of course not. Right, but just a note. So I'm so glad that you said that you liked him because we'll we'll expound upon stuff that you liked in scenes that you felt he was really good in. So following Song Kang up, we have Lee Jin Nook. 
He plays Sangwook, who's this gangster who ends up in the building. And he's going to be in Squid Game Season 2. And he was most recently in Bulgasal Immortal Souls, which is a 21-2022 show. And then you might know him as Mr. Black from Goodbye, Mr. Black. There are way more shows that he's been in, but I'll just mention those. We also have Isi Young as Soyik Young, who is the firefighter woman. Got it. Yeah. What did you What did you think of her? Uh, the firefighter woman, former special forces. <laughs> I love. <laughs> <laughs> so he's looking at some notes that I have. I'm looking here. at the notes that she <laughs> basically put as what she would describe this person as. She would describe it as Sarah Connor meets Ellie Sattler. Which I did not even come to mind, <laughs> but you know why though? You know why though? Is it the is it the physical fitness that she like exudes? Sarah Connor for physical fitness and survivability, right? Right. Yeah. Ellie so Sattler for survivability, smarts, and she goes to turn the power back on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which no, Ellie it, Sattler it makes does sense. The same thing. I I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> Ellie Sattler, for those who don't know, is Laura Dern's character from Jurassic Park. <laughs> and Ellie Sattler is my spirit animal. I love Laura Dern's character. And any chance I have to talk about Jurassic Park, I will. So but conveniently, it does work to describe Isiong's character, Yik Yong. I had no idea. That she is a champion level female amateur boxer. Oh, that's nice. Oh, well, there I didn't know comes she was the physical. Athlete. There comes the right. physical. But part of her. she was fit. Homegirl was buff. Yeah, she was Marvel level fit. I exactly, like. exactly. She was. She was right, like more so than Brie Larson. Like she got the mu- like I don't know how she got the muscle tone. Yeah, that, I was like shocked when it, I saw her. It, H, uh, what's it called? Hit programs, H I I T programs. H I I T. So, E C Young said, "I began practicing action moves with a martial arts action director six months before the shooting started. I had to do a lot of weight training to build some muscles because there were action scenes which required me to show off my body. I became a lot stronger than I expected, and that helped me a lot in doing those scenes." Cool. Yes. Very cool. Here's what's going to blow your mind. So this actress was in, uh, she's been in other stuff, but for you, Rico, she was in Boys Over Flowers. Let's see if you remember her character. She played this character called Omenji, and she is the friend who frames Kamjendi for (laughs) sleeping with some other dude. Okay. It's coming. It's coming to my mind. Okay. So, oh, she drops the ice cream on... Lee Min Ho's on shoe. Lee Min Ho's shoe. And he uh, he tells her, lick the ice cream off my right. shoe. Right. Oh, my God. This that is show. Lee Young in 2009. Wow. wow. Look at that. Full circle. Oh, my circle. goodness. Yeah. 11 years later, she's out here just like yeah. kicking ass with That muscles. sort of blew my mind because. I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't I see it. I had seen her in some other stuff, but the Boys Over Flowers callback is like insane to me That's pretty <laughs> she's so young and like i i don't know she looks like nothing like this character it's so nice to see like for you especially to see how 
over a decade later, she's still doing K-dramas and this is what she looks like, how she's aged in the business and she's still working and look at the part that she has. It's amazing. Funny enough, her character was not in the webtoon. She is a creation for the show. Huh. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. I, I do like when when shows decide to use that autonomy that they get for making the show, adapting the show, and, you know, creating something new. Because if you're just going to rip something up from the webtoon or comic or whatever, just beat for beat, shot for shot, <laughs> that's no fun. Yeah. Ido Yon plays Unhyok. I have him down as Harry Potter glasses. The de facto, de facto leader. Yeah, yeah. The uh, group. Uh, so he... <clears throat> I understand the character. Like, he was so very dry and very, like, calculate. Well, not calculating. That's not yes, the word I Yes, calculating. Yeah, you're right. He is mm -hmm. calculating because he is there to make the tough decisions that nobody wants to make. Mm -hmm. He understands the assignment of oh. we're living in a world where people are turning into monsters and mm -hmm. we need to be able to take care of the people who are still human and they're still live or still living as humans mm -hmm. so those hard decisions he's he's just really blunt about it yeah. is the problem so that's the big issue with him i understand him like i get like there has to be yeah. that one dude who has mm -hmm. to make the call yeah but you don't have to be so blunt about it and so cold He's, when you're doing yeah, it cold merciless exactly maybe. yeah that's 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 my big thing about it yeah Ido Hyun has had a wonderful few years the pandemic has done really good things for his career he was you might have seen him in Hotel de Luna 18 again but Youth of May came after this show so Sweet Home Youth of May in 2021 The Glory in 2022 slash 2023 and then the good bad mother in 2023 mm. the glory and the good bad mother gangbusters gangbusters we covered the glory on the podcast with miguel uh and you can scroll back and hear that youth of may we also covered this season as a matter of fact season four so it's not that far to scroll i love ido hyun i think he's an amazing actor this is a like a far cry from the other roles that he's done. He's really versatile. And <laughs> this is the third time that I've seen him play a med student slash doctor. Ah. <laughs> because Youth of May, he was a med student. The Glory, he was a doctor. In this one, he's also a med student. I don't know why <laughs> this keeps happening. Uh, I think you know why. He's giving off that look. Oh, my God. He gives off the look of the nerdy, you know, medical student. Fun fact, he auditioned originally for the main part, Hyun Su's part. Um, I hmm, I wouldn't have passed him because I think he could pull it off, but I think he would have been an amazing Hyun Su. Like Song Kang is good. Right. But this guy. This guy could have, have really blown really your socks up. Elevated the show yeah. even more. Got it. Yeah. And now he's got so much juice. Oh, yeah. After starring in Youth of May, The Glory, Good, Bad Mother, it's like... You know he's going to be like... Season two. Yeah, I season mean, two, he's going to play a vital... Well... You think? Everyone I think is so. questioning. Well, I think we'll so. talk we'll about, talk about spoiler that. section talk, but yeah, okay. 
Then we have Kim Nan-hee, who plays Dae-hyun. This is the samurai sword guy, the devout Christian, the one who's always talking about God's will. He is pretty well known. You've seen him in a lot of stuff. Reborn Rich from 2022. That was the number one show of 2022. Glitch, Law Cafe, You Are My Spring, Mad for Each Other. He's also in Search WWW, which we've covered on the podcast, and Mr. Sunshine. Put a pin in Mr. Sunshine because more people from Mr. Sunshine are coming up next. (laughs) Also, we covered Mr. Sunshine on the pod. Um, How did you feel about this character and this guy? Uh, This one, to me, um, like he's kind of, well, at least to me, he kind of feels pretty prominent, like in the first half of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of, you know, the drop off happens and I'm just, he he's fine, but it, it only feels like he, this, his only purpose feels like to wield that sword and pretty much that's it. It doesn't feel like he's given like too, too much to do. Yes, but then um, his character was really compelling to me and the way that his character, th- that it plays out is mm-hmm. really, it, it affected me. Gotcha. So we'll talk about that later. Gomen Shi plays Eun Yu, who is the ballerina. She is Ido Hyun's sister in this show. You might have seen her in Decision to Leave because you've watched Decision to Leave. Yes, She's I the have. shaman in that. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. I know which. I know. Okay. Yep, yep. 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 She's been in some other shows as well. You might have seen her recently on GD Sun, but she was also in Youth of May. She and her brother from this show play lovers in Youth of May. <laughs> Got And let it. me tell you, it is like Titanic level, <laughs> Rose and Jack level chemistry between them and youth of may wildly different characters and to see them here in sweet home a year before the release of youth of may was really jarring for me because they play siblings really well i mean that you're not getting any other vibes between them right they are siblings and that's their siblings yeah. yeah but you take a different project and it's just something completely different it's sh- it was shocking to me <laughs> shocking to me i think they're excellent actors both of them i think gomen she doesn't have that much to do in sweet home season one but we'll see how season two plays out and that's all i'll say right now pak yu young plays jisoo this is the bass guitarist the girl with the baseball bat right and she's had a pretty good few years as well. The pandemic has been really good to her career as well. You might have seen her in It's Okay to Not Be Okay from 2020. The Devil Judge, Dolly and Cocky Prince, Celebrity, which is a Netflix original that came out just this year. And I think we're only a few weeks removed from its airing. That one was really popular as well. Mm. I was seeing everybody watching Celebrity and of course, she's going to be in Squid Game season two. Of course, and well, you know when whenever that happens. Whenever that happens, I think presumably it comes out next year, twenty twenty four. We'll see. Pak Yu Young, big name now. I'm glad she's in the show, and we can talk about her character a little later. We have Ko Yun Jung as Yudi, the asthmatic caregiver. Ko Yun Jung. 
You'll know her from Alchemy of Souls, folks. <laughs> this is Maxu slash Jimbuyon slash all the other names that she has in Alchemy of Souls. We did a two-parter episode for Alchemy, and <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. I have not watched her in Law School or The School Nurse Files. School Nurse Files is also a Netflix original from 2020. You can see how her career has flourished during the pandemic as well. Kim Kapsu plays Gilsob, and he is the older gentleman who's dying of cancer. That I don't think that's much of a spoiler. Right. This a- is an elder statement statesman of Korean cinema and K dramas. He's been in twenty eight films, and he has sixty two TV credits. He's most recently in today's webtoon. He was in Hospital Playlist. Rigo? Hey, yes, Rigo? yes. I, I remember <laughs> Hospital Playlist. Uh, yeah. One of my more favorable uh, K-dramas mm-hmm. that I've watched for the show. He's also been in the K-2. The K-2. I Yo. Remember. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can scroll back. Those are season one shows uh, that we've reviewed, me and Rico. And then this guy, you might have also seen him in Mr. Sunshine from 2018. So, like I said, got to put a pin in Mr. Sunshine. This is a bit of a reunion, this show is. We have Kim Sang-woo playing Dushik, and he is like the MacGyver guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> because he <laughs> is, is the best. very inventive. <laughs> <laughs> Another really well-known face. He's been in 44 films, 31 TV shows. I consider him as being from City Hunter in 2011 with Lee Min-ho with Lee Min-ho. Yeah. Love it. Yes. And then lastly, to round out this giant ensemble cast, we have Kim Sung-chol as Wim Young. This is someone who is a late player in the show. He was the second male lead in Our Beloved Summer. He's the gay dude from Vincenzo, the one that Vincenzo oh, tries to... really? Um, yeah, he tries to seduce Oh, him. okay, gotcha, Do gotcha, you remember? Gotcha. Yes, yes. He's got like, I, it's it's only two forgot, episodes that he's in it. Yeah, yeah. But okay. yes, I, I'm remembering. All right. And then he's also been in Prison Playbook, which we covered on the show. Yes, we on did. On Hellbound 2 is where you see him next. I think that's supposed to come out later this year. Also a Netflix original. All right. So that is pretty much the bulk of the cast. I know it's unusual to go through the entire ensemble cast. But I thought it was necessary because these people are well-known. These are people that could lead their own shows if they wanted and have led their own shows. And all this being said, we're on the other side. Rico, tell me what you thought about Sweet Home. Non-spoilers. Non-spoilers. All right. So when it comes to Sweet Home, um, once I saw what the show was about, I was like, oh, no. This is not the type of show that I like. Yeah. Uh, the type of... Uh, so, uh, for those who don't know, just as a basic thing, it is... The best example I could give is something along the lines of, like, Resident Evil. So, mm-hmm. people who have watched those movies or played those games where, you know, civilians are being attacked by these monstrous figures. Uh, it's pretty gory. None of that works for me. <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> uh so with that said i obviously you know i was 
I tried to come at it with as much of an open mind as possible because mm-hmm. I knew that that part of stuff wasn't going to work for me. So I enjoy more of the character interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, the I was not really even that sold on why everything was happening. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I Like at a certain point, I was just like, OK, so they're turning into monsters. We don't really know why. Okay, cool, but I'm not really, I'm not even interested as to find out why, because the show isn't even interested in trying to figure out why. The show is just like throwing you into this world of chaos and post-apocalyptic, you know, fear and, you know, gruesomeness, but, you know, what's what's the end game, you know? (laughs) And and I can't I I couldn't even get a grasp (laughs) as to what I what it was. But then again, with the now announcement, I believe they announced that, you know, season two is coming. Mm -hmm. You know, now it makes sense. Okay, so this is going to be something that can be further explored in a season two. So now with that knowledge, now I can look back at this first season as a ramp up to that. And I think it's fine. I think my biggest problem is that I don't know. It, there's moments where the show looks beautiful, like mm-hmm. it's well shot and everything. And then there's times where like the graphics are like, oh, my God, this is awful. Okay. Like it looks like PlayStation 1 graphics, not even like, you know, not even PlayStation 2 or 3. No, PlayStation 1 graphics and took me right out of it. I'm and I'm like just criticizing the moment instead of like being enraptured in what's happening. You know? Like for example, well, I don't know if I can say certain <laughs> things, but for the most part when some monsters would come out, not all of them, but some, like I would just be like, "Oh my god, this is this looks so bad." And I'm not even paying attention anymore to the stakes of the of the moment, mm-hmm. which was which was a real problem. Um the characters themselves, I enjoyed the characters because, you know, you're trying to see them make these, you know, decisions in real time of like what they're going to do, who they're going to save, you know, how they're going to outrun this, how figuring out why these monsters are coming around, mm-hmm. how it's happening. So I enjoyed that. There's a couple maybe here and there funny moments. I think that. This show suffers from something that a lot of Korean shows suffer from, and it is introducing characters way too late in the season (laughs) and making them pivotal to it. And I just don't understand why. I just don't understand why the shows decide, you know what, we're going to throw in some very someone who's very pivotal to the show, but we're going to introduce them in episode nine out of ten. So it's one of those things that it, it kind of drives me crazy. Um, but overall, I think this is a a good show. I think that if you are into horror, if you're into the genre of like zombies and monsters, this is right up your alley. Uh, but if if none of that even like vaguely like even interests you, honestly, I would say pass. Like I don't even think. You have to watch it like I, because there's certain shows where you're like, OK, if you're not into the genre, but there's still enough mm-hmm, where value. you can there's still enough value. I don't think the show has it. I think this show is just more about the shock and awe of like fighting off monsters and really trying to shock you with like blood and all this stuff. 
and it's not really, at least here in season one, it's not really giving you enough of a hook with the characters Mm -hmm. to be able to say, you know what? I really want to see a season two. I really want to be in their world, the character Mm -hmm. world. Mm I you know in if you don't care about monsters at least you care about the characters and I don't know if the show pulls it off. Okay. Those are my thoughts. Cool. I on the other hand do enjoy a certain level of horror, a certain amount of gore. I don't mind all that much the violence. <laughs> Which is a terrible thing to say, but It's true. And I also really love zombie movies and I've watched a bunch of zombie stuff. And I can say that if you like zombie shows and zombie movies, then this is definitely something that you're going to gravitate toward because it's a very almost cut and paste. Instead of zombies, it's monsters. And I, you know, I've watched Walking Dead for a very long time. I think, did you watch Walking Dead? I gave up at a certain point. And yeah, I only, mean, I gave up too. The The reason why I was watching it was kind of keeping up with everybody else who was watching it. Because, oh. every, you know, everybody was invested in a big show. So I was like, yeah. let me check it out just so I could be part of the conversation. But, like, if there wasn't a group of people who were big into it, I would have never watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I used to watch a lot of shows that I wouldn't watch now only because it was like a family show. Like we'd mm. watch it all together when I was still living with my people. And now I don't have that pressure. <laughs> so I gave up watching <laughs> Walking Dead right around the time that I moved by myself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, a little bit of a tangent. But I was really open to watching Sweet Home, even though I had completely shut it out of my watch list for all these years because it's been like three years right i have not at any point felt the need to watch sweet home and it might be because of my general iffiness towards hong kong the main guy and he's in all the promos he's in all the posters and stuff and i'm like and then the concept of it of just it looked kind of sort of demonic as well and i was like i don't know about that so i just passed on sweet home (laughs) until now but i came in really really open and the, after the first episode ended, I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, I was literally <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, my goodness. And I didn't feel the need to continue, but I did. And by the end of the show, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm I'm feeling pretty good that I watched the show. I'm not upset that I watched it. I don't feel like it was a waste of time. I really liked a lot of characters. And I thought the production was high value. Gotcha. For everything that it had, all of the CGI elements and all of the monsters, I was like, wow, they really, you could tell this is a Netflix original. Now, (laughs) that being said, I don't think the monsters are the reason that I liked the show. I think it was definitely the characters, their backstories, and how they got into this situation. Like, obviously... The show is basically told in the vacuum of this apartment complex and everything that happens outside in the city and everything else doesn't matter. Right. But these characters and their struggles and their emotions that play so much into the lore of the monsters, it's very important. And I love seeing their 
backstories and just their thought process for a lot of the show. Obviously, this show has a lot of moral and ethical <laughs> quandaries and certain characters do better at making hard decisions and other characters consistently make the wrong decisions or have the wrong mindset about things and fear it's always the question in these sort of apocalypse shows it doesn't matter if it's zombies or whatever else it's like what would you do if all hell broke loose are you going to still be a good person Mm-hmm. Or are you going to make some decisions in the heat of the moment that are seen maybe as strategically villainous? <laughs> so I think that's I think that's enticing to me. And it's I think it might be enticing to other people, even if they're not too jazzed about the monsters. So that being said, I was basically fine with the show. I didn't love it, but I, I was OK with it. Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I think overall, I think you and I most likely will have different scores for this for sure. I think so, too. I think so, too. I have some fun facts for you. Let's do it. Sweet Home was the first South Korean series to enter Netflix's top 10 in the U.S. It reached as high as number three. Three days after its release, the series ranked first in eight regions and was within the top 10 in 42 regions. The show was viewed 22 million by 22 million paid subscribers worldwide in the first month of its release and appeared in Netflix's top 10 in more than 70 countries, which is, I don't know, is it because everyone was quarantining at home, not really traveling for the holidays? I don't know. So I will say that the big thing about that is that Yes, people were quarantining and everything, but you still get a choice as to what you're going to be watching. And the fact that so many people were watching this Mm -hmm. just speaks to there was it it relate. There was a resonance to it. I think there is a yes. I feel like it resonated with people because we were going through, and I hate to use this word, unprecedented times, and people were thinking about. The end of the world right. and a lot of death and people were discouraged and they, I think the feelings of the general populace were very similar to how the characters were feeling without going into any spoilers. Right. So. Correct. Sweet Home 2 happening later this year. I'm looking at you like, should we do it or I don't know. <laughs> Let's continue talking about okay. this season. <laughs> Sweet first. Home Three, season three. I can't the believe works. they green they greenlit three already. Yeah, that's insane to me. I'm shocked too, because I can understand greenlighting part, you know, a second season, but doing a third season on top of uh-huh. that, and you yeah. haven't even like really released the second season. That's a that's a bold strategy. Who knows if it's, if it happens, but it is pretty bold. The director talked about the set design of the apartment building. And he said, I tried to represent the stage of monsterization. (laughs) In quotation, I put that. With the light 
I know, with monsterization. With the lights coming from the outside and the destruction as well as the transformation of the building, the building had a shutter at the entrance at first, later replaced by walls, followed by the collapse in an open space. In the process, I tried to portray different stages of the sense of crisis felt like felt by the residents with the changing lights and barricades. So okay. a little poetic design there. Right. The design of the monsters was created based on the story of the creatures when they were in their human forms, which I'm sure you got. got oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That made yeah. sense. The apartment flat where the veteran with amputated legs lives is number 1408. And immediately I was like, oh, my God, 1408. This number is in reference to Stephen King's 1999 short fiction and 2007 film adaptation of the same name slash number 1408. Have you seen the movie 1408? Uh, no. I have not. What? No. With John Cusack? With John Cusack. I have not seen it. I have not seen it. <sighs> okay. It's actually, I mean, it's scary as shit, but it's very good. But it's very <laughs> Got it. Yeah. It's about a haunted oh, hotel room. It's good. Haunted hotel room and John Cusack's character makes a living out of going to haunted locations and debunking them. Gotcha. But 1408, which adds up to 13, (laughs) gives him a run for his money. So Hollywood special effects studio Legacy Effects worked on the monsters. Here are some of their creations, Legacy Effects. Avengers Endgame. The Thor fat suit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mandalorian, including Mando's suit and the child. And the Grogu. child. Yes. Oh, cool. Oh, that's actually really good, actually. That's a really good Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> Volume 2, the Gamora makeup, Groot, and the Drax makeup. Like nice. the body, everything. And the Shape of Water, the Amphibian Man. So, <laughs> so when you thing. were talking about the special effects, right? I was like, "Oh, oh no, Rico, don't!" They <laughs> must have sent the C team. Oh my! Not God, even that's the so B rude. team. Stop. Because now I'm going to send you some behind the scenes footage of how they film some of these monsters, and you're okay. going to be like, "Oh, that's really cool." There might be like certain moments for sure. Don't get me wrong. There are certain things that are in the show that look really good. But then there are others that are just really bad. I'm just letting you know. No, you don't have to let me know. I watch the same show, homie. (laughs) (laughs) I know. The visuals of the protein monster and spider monster were created by Spectral Motion. They have worked on Stranger Things. And yes, the vibe is there. Right? Yes, the vibe is there for sure. For those two monsters in particular, I'm like, oh, yeah, yep. that makes sense. You can totally sense. It's like, <laughs> what if we were to kind of like uh, change it slightly and maybe add this and Stop. that? You know? <laughs> There's a heavy influence, I'm saying. I know. Same people. The total budget of Sweet Home is around $27 million for 10 episodes. It is among some of the highest production budgets for a K drama. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of money. And for a 10 lot of episodes, money for 10 for sure. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, side tangent. Ta- uh, side <laughs> tangent. Um, I know that you just mentioned the budget. I don't know if you heard what the budget was for um, oh, no. uh, that MCU show, Secret Invasion. 
The six one that they episodes. used AI for the yes. intro? Yes. Okay. Uh, that show, their budget for the six season episode, or six episode six season. Six episode season. That's <laughs> what I meant to say. Six episode season. $212 million. And I'm trying to figure out where they spent where? it. Where they spent it. <gasps> they didn't even do the intro themselves. No, they, AI they didn't. Do it. I mean, the only thing I can imagine is in it had to be in the casting in Sam Jackson, Olivia Coleman, Amelia Clark. Like that's the only thing I can think of is like they spent the money on casting and then they were like, Oh damn, uh, we have more, I am more money. Winting. Like I'm trying to see something in the distance. Like I don't get that. Yeah. I don't understand, but that was just a side tangent because you, what? you mentioned this and I was just like, 27 this show from 10 episodes did more like in terms yeah. of like, you know, action wise and, and just trying to build a story out than what secret invasion did like secret invasion. Oh, I'm just like, I oof. did not realize MCU was going to catch stray bullets on this episode. But I okay. mean, you're not the only one that sometimes fires those straight bullets at MCU. I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm here <laughs> doing it as well. So well, you're right. like one of the only people that's watching every single one of the shows. True. That is very true. Sorry, I don't mean to. <laughs> to Good point. point. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. What would you give this show out of five told you bottles? I think I have settled at a two and a half told you bottles. Get the fuck out. Two, and, two a half. and a half? I think so. Maybe three. Like, I think you could push me up to a three. But okay. yeah, I won't go further than that. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five told you bottles. And you could convince me a four. But really, that's a stretch. Wow. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. I don't think you're going to convince me that it's a four, four no, soju bottle. No, I won't be the one to get you to the four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If so anything, I'll be disagree. like, Jessica, I think you've had enough. Like, let's <laughs> 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 let's catch you an Uber. <laughs> oh, damn. All right. So we're going to talk spoilers <laughs> right after this. <laughs> Hey, you want to come in? And we're on the other side of spoilers. We're going to talk spoilers for Sweet Home Season 1. So if you don't care to be spoiled, please keep listening. And also, if you've watched Season 1 of Sweet Home, feel free to keep listening. This is your section. Rico, these monsters are created. Not created. They just manifest. happen. Manifest. Because people feel despair or have some sort of desire overwhelming desire in their lives and they just suddenly start flooding blood from their noses and then it i mean it quickly they turn into monsters that have something to do with what they want or desire yes they do. Uh, but my my thing about it is that, okay, I understand that part. Mm -hmm. But there has to be a beginning point as to how. <laughs> You're like, who's patient zero? Who's patient zero? How did it start? Like, was it an experiment? Which we, I don't know if the military, like, they, we discovered that they were, like, trying to experiment at a certain point. They were experimenting, but, trying to experiment on people that were resisting right turning fully into monsters 
So so it's not even that we're learning that somebody did something in a lab or something like that. No, we're just learning after the fact. So that was my biggest sticking point about the show. I don't find this a sticking point at all because in actuality, there's a lot of zombie shows that don't concern themselves a uh, zombie media that doesn't mm. concern themselves yeah. with why did zombies happen how did people suddenly start turning into zombies yeah and and that doesn't interest me is that's the thing like i want to know the beginning i want to know <sighs> that's where the interest lies in me is like how did it start and is there a way to cure it type of thing that's usually my focus with shows like that but if 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 a show or a movie is not concerned with that, then I have no interest really. Because what? if you're not showing interest in it, then I don't have the interest in just watching people turning into monsters or zombies okay. or okay. anything like that. I guess the zombie thing just How am I just finding out about this? About my About my two. Take? My yeah. take on zombies that, that you're I don't like care I don't them. really care about the zombies and the human aspect of no 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 that's why i stopped watching it's literally like what happened like what is the impetus how did this start yeah is what you're that's that's what that's, i'm okay, more we've concerned watched with like a metric fuck ton of movies together yes and talked about television and we've watched k-dramas and how the hell has this never come up i don't think we've really talked about any type of zombie stuff before yes we have we talked about army of the dead that stupid netflix oh movie. yeah that's true that is true we did talk about which was that. like zombies yeah it was that is true um but oh, i was wait. more concerned with the heist than i was with the zombies oh my god <laughs> in that movie but that's what i'm saying like the people and their whole survival journey is the heist in this show in sweet home Sure, but I feel oh my as God. though just <laughs> like, sure, but I don't care. Like if you're just surviving to survive, like that's not enough of a draw for me. But that's the thing that the show is trying to say, like life is worth it. Right. Like that, you should want to live. Right. No, I, I, I get that part. I get that no, you, you should want no. to live. But. <laughs> If I'm watching something for entertainment, you're like to go where, to live where, to yes. survive how. Yes. What is your quality of life after this? Right. Are you just gonna live in squalor are, in the bottom of this? Are you gonna figure building? out how to get a cure from this or whatever? But a day to day, like, oh, we just have to survive against this. Not an interest for me. Which is why I had such a problem with the show is because. <laughs> There's no impetus for them to be like, hey, you know, we're figuring out how this started or we're That's figuring out where we're going to go for it. Type That's of the thing. thing. You're such a goal person. You're like, what's yeah, the goal? That's probably what it is. Yeah. If your goal is to survive, that's too ambiguous and like far fetched. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. Versus yeah. a goal, a simple goal of, oh, we got to get from point A to point B. Oh, we got to go here. Oh, there's an outpost over here that says they are safe from the monsters and they had they got no monsters. So over here they say they have a cure, so we're going to go over there. Right. That interests me because then along the lines or along the way, you could create those obstacles where you start either losing people or you start having those moments of distrust of like, 
you know, can I trust this person who I'm going with on this journey and all that type of stuff. And so you can incorporate the zombie or monster, whatever it is, into it. But if it's just as simple as... But the journey as, is internal. It's that's emotional. Not, that's not... And that's not oh interesting enough. God. That's not a. That's why I said it's a two and a half because, like, this feels like the Joker episode that we did on Always the Critic, where I came in and I was like, "Yeah, I, I thought Joker was okay," and then you were like, "I hate Joker. It's the worst movie." And suddenly, I had to defend Joker, even though I wasn't even that jazzed about it. Right. But I felt like that's, I owed it to you, the like movie. Like you owed it to the movie, <laughs> and now you're gonna owe it to the show to defend I it. I owe it to Sweet Home. <laughs> I mean, it. that's fine. It. I. I will speak to the things that i like but i'm just like getting this out of the way at the beginning of it is that i just don't find that part compelling which is why i stopped watching a show like the walking dead because the walking dead really is just hey we're surviving at this location everything (laughs) seems good then people turn on each other we got to go to another location things seem good Everybody turns on each other. We got to go to another case. So it became repetitive. At first, it seemed cool because it felt like they were aiming at something. But then that aim became just repetitive. So that's why I stopped watching that one. But in a case like this, like right now, the there's a glimmer of hope for a season two in terms of me watching it. Because at the end, there is like the the communication. They the Yeah, they leave. Uh, they're on their way somewhere else where maybe we get answers. There's a possibility mm-hmm. of that. Uh, there yeah. is the uh, basically the negotiation that they made with the military. Uh, so now there's the tension of do they have to be part of the military? Are they going to be able to get out of that? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, over here, we have uh, Cha Hyu-soo. Yeah, Hyun-soo, Song Kang's character Song is Kang's now on character. the move. He's, He's on been- the move. With what, what he got kidnapped or something, Sang Wook, yeah, yeah, the other which, half monster, right? Which there's a question there as to because we saw him the entire season and he was, you know, burn scar on his face and everything. And in that scene at the end, when he's traveling with uh Song Kang's character, he is like fresh faced, like there's no scarring anymore on him. So okay, there's you, a question. That's what, that's Songtol's character, Uimyong, the other mutant monster that arrives with the Marauders. No, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, Sangwook. Okay, I think you missed it. So <laughs> Sangwook, played by Chinook, he's the yes. gangster with all the scars and stuff yes, yes. in the show. He dies. Right. Right. So the other guy. That came in and was like the other monster, just like Song Kong, who was very human esque. Still, yeah. You think that he dies, but he doesn't. He's a shapeshifter. Oh, see now that's interesting too. So he shows up. To, he saves Song Kong from the military, and then drives off in a tank as Sangwook. The right. gangster. The gangster. Which is why he appears without any blemishes or scarring on his face. Because it's not the real guy. It's not the real guy. Okay. Yeah. You know what? See, that's a cool twist at the end. Okay. It's a cool twist at the end. That's why that guy... Uh, I mean, we're skipping way to the end of the show. Yeah, but, we are, but that guy, the marauder guy who ends up killing like the rest of the 
the marauders that come. Yeah. He switches sides. Even though he was part of their party. Yeah, he switches sides. Yeah, he switches sides. That guy was, um, what did he say? He said that he was a test subject in the military because of this, because he was fighting the being this monster and he was very, it was like a humanoid. And what he said was the military was trying to separate him from the monster. Mm. And then he said, I am the monster. And you see that scene of them torturing him and I guess he dies. Right. And then that like. That goo. Goo blob stuff. Yeah. Goes, gets into the truck. Right. Well, in the flashback, as he's talking about his like origin story, basically, (laughs) he goes inside the body of a soldier and he still has his face. He still has his real like features. Kim Sung Chol, that that actor. And at the end of the show, what's confusing is that he doesn't put his real face back on. He stays as the disguise, which is that gangster dude. Right. The burnt gangster. The burnt gangster. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm going to call him. The burnt gangster. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that was my thing is that I think because of the way the show ends on a cliffhanger with with our party separated mm-hmm. into two different directions, I think you can you can possibly hook me if like if they start season two. If they're doing some type of thing of like trying to find each other, maybe, and then there has to be like a greater goal, at least for me, in terms of watching. But I know it's not necessary for everyone. So, okay, so let's go. Let's go back to Hyunsu, who is the main guy, and <clears throat> I like that. Well, not that I like. I think that. He's really complex, but everybody's really complex. Yeah. He was suicidal mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show. He had no family. His whole family died, but he had issues with his family. They did not support him. They seemingly didn't love him like all that much. His yeah. dad was uh, verbally abusive. His mother didn't like didn't care that much that she was getting bullied and this is another case of korean bullying is like another level Mm. right we saw a little bit of it in boys over flowers which is like i think all the bullying that's in k-dramas is basically attempted murder uh same goes for this hyunsu's character because he gets bullied mercilessly and for no reason right because it's i mean but there's not a never a reason for bullying but in this case he asks his aggressor in these flashbacks what what did i ever do to you why are you bullying me and he says uh, what did he say he was like oh it's just because you helped me and smiled at me yeah it's just like the silliest reason it's just sadistic yeah it, it's ridiculous no that, reason that, yeah it's no reason yeah so his character is basically at this point at the start of the show suicidal and he's one of the first of the group to succumb to being a monster because he must feel a lot of despair and regret, sadness, guilt because of the way he feels toward his family mm-hmm. and he feels powerless 
the monster is constantly whenever you see that side of him it's almost like giddy with the power and super reckless yeah and that's something that he doesn't have right it doesn't manifest in his real life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it manifests in the monster right so is it so much that the monster is they become monsters because they're giving into these really overwhelming feelings or is it mm. that the monster is sort of giving them what they want I think it it's more of that the monster is the deep down desire right and it manifests itself because eventually your desires become overwhelming and so they manifest you can't even control your desires at a certain point uh and so i think that's what that is so i don't think it's something or i don't think it's anything to do with uh wanting something in your head or Mm. you know trying to prevent something from happening i really think it's just deep down this is my desire and the desire if you i guess the desire really comes out when people are at their most vulnerable Mm -hmm. because that's when you're feeling the despair that's when Mm -hmm. you're feeling of like why don't i have this why can't i have this why can't i be different exactly and so that's when i believe that the monster manifests itself the most Mm -hmm. yeah that they turn into monsters so song kang why do you think that his character hyunsu stops the process and he can sort of go super saiyan when he yeah wants he could go to. back and forth kind yeah. of you know i don't know because he's not the only character that can do that at least he's not the only one that's a reference that can do that but mm-hmm. in in his particular case um i'll be honest with you i don't know I don't know why he can just be able to stop the process and just be like a superhuman type of person. Mm -hmm. Um, My I'm trying to think of a good educated guess there. And the only thing that I'm coming up with is that his desire, yes, is there. But because his thoughts are probably he, he probably has a contradiction in himself. Okay, here's my guess, is that the first time that he sort of comes out of the monster, like the monster manifests itself as just like all black eyes for him. So when he comes out of that for one of the first times that it actually counts, it's when he's trying to save the kids. Mm -hmm. And he manages to get it together and put the monster away. I think that it's hope. Hmm. that his sort of desperate hope to save the kids this sudden purpose that he has to live for the kids to get them out of danger to do this one thing a goal (laughs) that he manages to stay himself largely for for the show and do you think it's because like it's a willpower in him versus I don't other think people? it's willpower. I no? really don't because I've other characters start to go through the change and of course they have willpower to try and stop being a monster. Of course they don't want to be a monster. 
of course they want to live but i don't think it has anything to do with willpower he doesn't seem that willful it's almost like a natural thing Mm, okay i guess those who have it have it and those who don't don't right okay it's more of like choosing to stand in the light and there is that line about light and darkness do you remember that line oh my god i'll find it but anyway i'll I'll find it later and it'll be in the care the quote carousel that i'll post later but i really enjoyed ijinuk's character sangwook who is the burnt gangster yes that was a good character. I, I love this wild card because he doesn't live in the building. He's not supposed to be there. And why is he there? Oh, this guy whose daughter was missing hired him to find the kidnapper who presumably also killed the daughter. I don't know what it is about K-dramas and the plot somehow having you get smacked in the face by a serial killer. <laughs> why is there <laughs> always a serial killer somewhere and and the thing is there's another show that does this too the k-drama happiness which is a zombie show okay it also takes place in the vacuum of an apartment complex all of these people raging against each other in the apartment complex you got assholes and the and you have good people and it's a really good show i love that show tell me why both this show sweet home and then the next year happiness <laughs> both have the same problem of like you had all these residents you, presumably they're all relatively normal <laughs> <laughs> one is a serial killer <laughs> one is a serial killer and and that's not like the only crazy like plot twist Am that I, happens I mean it at makes a me point. think it makes me think is there a serial killer in my neighborhood right now like if we were to get locked down right now this neighborhood Apparently there will be. Is there there by K drama standards? There is a serial killer. By K drama standards, there is exactly. <laughs> that is so funny. It's but, frustrating. Uh, but the other crazy thing that I don't know why this was a choice, but oh no, th- the fact that they discover that one of them is basically like a pedophile. No, no, that is the the serial killer is the pedophile. Oh, the serial killer is the pedophile. But I don't yeah. know why that was the choice. Like he couldn't just be a serial killer. He had no, to also he had to be a pedophile. He also had to be a pedophile. Uh that's that's a choice. That's Double a choice. High. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a choice. It's really bad. And then of course the tr- the show tries to be like, oh, is Sangwook the the burnt gangster a murderer? Mm-hmm. If he's murdering a serial killing pedophile rapist dude. Yes. Does he get a pass? <laughs> I mean, I think in I most society, think he yes. does. <laughs> I think in most society, yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I think he does. So that was a, that. Then we have Yi Kyung, which is the firefighter, former special forces badass lady yes did you care not that did you care but what did you think about her pregnancy um i think it was a nice twist to throw into the show to give it stakes like oh like now we find out that she's pregnant you know to 
to add to the steak. So I, I didn't mind that at all. I, I thought that was not bad. Her husband, or sorry, fiance, was possibly patient zero. Mm. Mm. Because he was a doctor and then he was going through all of these symptoms and trying to hold off being a monster. And then he goes missing, even though she thinks he's dead. So maybe for season two. I don't know if he's alive, bro. Like the military is super janky. Yeah. You know, yeah, you just never know. You never know. Ido Hyun, who is the med student, Harry Potter. What do you <laughs> think? Because <laughs> I think he's really unlikable. Yes, he is. I think you had more appreciation for him than I did. Just a tad bit. I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, I love this character. But no, but I understood his his thought process. Somebody kind of has to be the asshole in a situation like this because if not there's too many conflicting people giving conflicting answers to what should we do and then it becomes a dilemma of like it becomes stagnant as to who does what and what are we going to do here and so somebody kind of just has to like take the bull by the horns and just be like we're doing this and this is for the good of us. And it's going to look terrible. It's going to be a terrible look on the guy. But somebody has to make that choice. And so he was the guy. He was. He just happened to be the guy in this case. Okay, fine. Remind me not to be in a, uh, an apocalypse uh, with you. So <laughs> the ending for this character, did you foresee that he would turn into a monster as well? Um, I didn't foresee it, but it didn't come at a surprise only because with this kind of spreading just randomly, mm-hmm. like somebody was going to, somebody else was going to show the effects. Uh, I wasn't surprised that it was him, but you know, it was more like, oh, okay. So he also, what did he want though? What was his desire? I have no idea. What do you think he turned into? Hmm. That's my question. Is that okay? He turned into a monster, but I didn't see well, any whiff of like monster. No. It, it, throughout the show, and he was very strong. Well, you know mentally. how we mentioned that he was like cold and calculating throughout the show. Was he turned into Iceman? No, but I think <laughs> that deep down, because that that shot of him like with the headphones on, and he's like checking the cd player and like he looks kind of up and it's kind of at eye level like you can see a brief like almost like a almost a smile and like there's because tears he running loves his down. sister mm-hmm. he misses his family yeah and you think that is what he wanted that's probably what he wants deep down mm-hmm. is that i don't know how that manifests itself in the monster but but yeah, that's probably what he wants deep down. But again, the rest of the show, he's like cold and he's just singular focused and doesn't really show off emotion. But in that moment, he finally does. He finally mm-hmm. gets to show off with nobody around him. Isolation. Mm. You know? The samurai. Uh... I was really cut up, no pun intended. When he died. 
<laughs> I was very upset. I was very upset because I, for first, I thought he was a creeper. Okay. Because mm. he was talking about God's will and just looking rather out of place in the apartment complex and having off kilter conversations with Jisoo, the bass guitarist. And I was like, oh no, he's a creeper and he's going to get stuck with them in the building. Turns out he's formidable with the samurai sword and he's actually a nice guy. Yeah. Sometimes. Just a good guy. Sometimes they come across weird. And I was really mad that they couldn't have their love story because Jisoo, the bass guitarist, and Daehyun, the samurai, the Christian samurai, I was like, they got something. Did you feel that? Like throughout there, the show? There was, yeah, there was a little that bit of an inkling of, mm-hmm. of rom- romantic interest. Yes. And then he dies after he tells her that he likes her. And I can't. I can't. <laughs> I couldn't. I was very distraught with that. Unyu, the ballerina. What'd you think of her? I thought she was crazy. Uh, the ballerina, hmm. She, eh. I, I, I thought she was going to turn into a monster ballerina at some point. Too. That didn't happen. <laughs> Apparently not. No, uh, her character for me, yeah, she was a little crazy, but not really one of the main focuses for me in terms of like paying attention to her character throughout. Mm-hmm. So for me, she's like, she's an okay character that I could take or leave almost. Right. Because I thought that she was too mean, just like mean to the other characters towards the beginning. And then I thought she was a good influence and was staying strong. Right. In her own weird way. In her weird way. Yeah, yeah, so she would she wasn't like affectionate or anything like that, but she eventually became kind of more like not a mentor, but you know, kind of in a way of like here, like and when she hands over the sword, you know, like just like take it and protect yourself type of thing, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought it was a problem when she gave the sword to the bass guitarist after mm-hmm. the samurai's death because. She's, I was like, is she suicidal? Could she use it on herself to just kill herself after all this? And then, because I just thought that was a stupid move. Oh, okay. After Because she's grieving. Right, she is. Um, It was probably a bad idea to give her the sword right. at that moment. <laughs> but I think she probably gave it to her thinking like, hey, you have to. Kind Something of, to remember him by. You got to live. Yeah, you got to live. Because he died for us. Exactly. I so, got you. Yeah, that's probably my thinking on it. Did you think ballerina Unyu liked Hyunsu, Song Kang's character? Because mm. I thought that she had a crush on him. You think so? Yeah. Um. Maybe you. They can't had that get interaction. There. They had that interaction get there. in the stairwell where she was like, you're doing so good. And she was like very concerned about him. Right. So I guess gleaning from a moment like that, maybe you can get it there. Even the brother 
uh Ido Hyun's character is like oh you have a crush on him and she's like shut up and like it's really defensive okay then yeah yeah based on like those interactions you can kind of see it i'm surprised they didn't try to like do like a full-on love story there it was only 10 episodes and they have like 50 people in the cast so yeah that's probably i can the see why, why they didn't have time ko yun jung as yuri the caregiver i did not give a shit about her oh yeah no that the asthmatic caregiver no the, no i didn't and then i couldn't tell if that was his daughter like the guy with cancer oh okay i see what you're i didn't saying. know if that was his daughter and then i figured out figured that it wasn't his daughter yeah, but that was a character. But then I couldn't tell again. Again, yeah. I, I didn't really care about that character. They have different last names. Because <laughs> her character is Pak Yuri and then his character is Ankil Sob. Right. Pak well, maybe An- it's from the... Do they marry? Well, I don't know the customs in Korea. Maybe it's different. But maybe it was... Because he's the grandfather. Oh, you think that's her grandfather? Oh, well, or is no. it her father? I, I don't know. That's a thing. If it's a grandfather, I can easily make the lineage thing, where yeah. he had a son, or no, he had a no, daughter. A daughter, and, yeah. And then you know she married, and then had her. Mm. You can make it like that, but if it's I thought her with the father, crossbow daughter, was going to be a bigger thing too. Wasted opportunity. Wasted. Yeah, totally wasted. wasted. Yeah. But (laughs) the cancer guy, he figures out that there's a tunnel underneath the building from the Korean War. (laughs) Gotta love it. And and he goes digging for it and finds it. Yes. I was like, what is this? (laughs) It was like... He's like, there's got to be a tunnel system that gets you out. I was like, what? Hey, that's I, I think that's kind of the equivalent of like houses like built <sighs> like in here in the United States, like where access to like the Underground Railroad type of thing. It was, <sighs> you know what I mean? It was very. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Do you think the Underground Railroad was mostly Hold underground? On. No, no, no. But I do know <laughs> that there are like certain there are certain houses and buildings that they would use to be able to start the path underground and then be able to get out, you know, out onto the actual trail. <laughs> okay, we're going to set that aside and talk about <laughs> I don't even know what reference I was going to make. About the tunnels underneath? The tunnels. Oh, oh, oh. it felt like Jordan Peele's Us. Okay. Okay. Uh, Not really. No. Well, yeah, the tunnels. The tunnel system. Yeah, but like then you would... Like in that assumption that there's an an entire group of people down there. No, 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 no. No, it doesn't really... Not for That would be crazy. That would be crazy. (laughs) Not clones, but just... Just an entire group of people is like, oh, crap. Yeah. That would have been okay. a nice twist. Dushik, the wheelchair bound MacGyver. MacGyver. How did you feel about this guy? I was very touched by him. Yeah. And I wanted him to live. And oh, so I was did really I. confused about how he was getting around. 
because I don't feel like Korea is very wheelchair accessible. And I don't remember many elevator scenes. Right. Like he had to have been using the elevators. Right. And then there were a couple of instances on the first floor or ground floor that they had ramps. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Not for nothing, but like crazy that they had it. Well, it's crazy that they had ADA compliance during the apocalypse in Korea, which is not a very wheelchair accessible place. But I think it's more that it happened out. Again, this is something that just happened out of nowhere. This apocalypse thing. So I'm thinking like they had a building that was ADA accessible. Okay, here's the thing. This we haven't talked about this building, but this building is like a building as a character, right? Yeah, it is. It is dilapidated to You're start right. with. You're right about that. It to is. start with, this building is crumbling, it's crusty, it is nasty. I'm wondering how any of these people actually decided to move in here. I think it's more like they didn't have a choice. And there's a lot of construction going on around the building and inside the building. So I'm wondering if these people are on borrowed time because the area is about to be like gentrified or something. Mm -hmm. My guess. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So I was questioning the building. And then, of of course, it gets worse throughout the course of the show because monsters start to tear at the building. They blow up. They catch fire. There, it's it's a mess. It gets worse. <laughs> right, it does get worse. It's a mess. Um, what a mess. So I think that with a sh- with a place like that, yes, it is obviously a place that's old. But I still <laughs> like to think that they would at least have something for wheelchair people because it is a com- it's like a community type of home, like building. Right, because they had the community. Right, super. Uh, the bodega on the first floor. Exactly. They got the daycare on the first floor. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I like to think that, you know, they would have wheelchair stuff. But yeah, him getting around, you don't get to see it a lot. I think it's more like, yeah, he's getting around. Don't think about it type of thing. I think that's more of what it is. Just don't think about it. <laughs> I'm I'm making faces. So the last character is, I would like to talk about the mother who was going around with an empty baby carriage. Now, this character, I was thinking that I thought she was going to die like immediately, pretty much. (laughs) Like when the protein monster grabs her, I thought, well, she's gone. And I thought like that was going to be like the very end of her. And no, she like turns into a monster, like and everything. Yeah, because it starts beating up on her, and I'm like, no, no, it's like that. <laughs> Was it The Simpsons? Or he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> no, no, stop. stop. He's, he's already, already dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I love using that. But then she bounces back, and she's a monster, and she basically turns it off, just the same as Hyunsu's character does. Yes. And you think she's going to make it? No, not not quite. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> yeah. The one thing she really wanted and 
was deep down in her soul wrecked about was the fact that she lost her baby and so her monster form was just a fetus you didn't like that you didn't like that you're shaking your head that was upsetting oh that was upsetting to see i was just like oh just upsetting to see just to see it the the uterus that was right. inside the bathroom right exactly. oh okay not okay. that i don't agree that that's what should have been her monster more just of upsetting of just like Ugh, like seeing that on screen that's all i don't know what to say to that <laughs> i don't know what to say so you know okay okay so fetuses make you uncomfortable uh that that's a loaded question <laughs> that is loaded <laughs> let's move on okay okay <laughs> i was surprised that they had the firefighter lady leave and then come back oh have her leave and come back uh-huh i don't know why they did it um she went to the facility that her husband, or sorry, fiance was working fiance. at to read his journal on his iPad. And then she gets caught by the By the military. military. Yeah. Uh, my only guess is um, it was a way for the writers of the show to try to get some type of stakes as to involve the outside world with that building. We need to have somebody get caught or somebody and because of the fact that she they could use her story to be like she's missing her fiance she needs to know what happened to him so they could and because she's like physically fit and everything they can make it an easy way of tying the story of the building with the outside world that would be the only reason that i can think of that the writers were like we got to get somebody out to the outside world to to connect the military so that way it makes sense at the end type of thing that's the only reason why hmm okay okay that's my thinking on it how did you feel about the ending with song kong just kind of turning into a weird winged thing a spiked wing arm coming out of his body so first off uh, the first thing that i thought of was like final fantasy and like these video games because there is the one wing angel um sephiroth and yeah so if if you're not familiar so tell me because i am sure that there are some people listening that have never done this game played this game oh yeah so uh final fantasy famous game that has come over it's it's just japanese science fiction game uh and they've had so many iterations it's gone to like you know 20 something whatever but a main key character from final fantasy the history is a character by the name of sephiroth sephiroth is how how do you spell that uh s-e-p-h-e-r-o-t-h if i'm not mistaken sephiroth okay i got it so you probably see him oh you see him oh yeah so sephiroth is a one-winged angel and uh there's there's a lot of ties of like why is he the way he is is he basically a character why is he like that why is he like that now 
I haven't fully played the game, right? But he is the main antagonist for the entire extended universe of the of the thing. Oh, he's an antagonist. He's an antagonist, right? Oh, but again, he's not always like the premier like villain villain. Uh, but with that character, I think that it is showing basically a a dichotomy of human and beast. Of like the fight of what is inside of a person, man duality. and beast, a duality, right? And the fact that that wing comes out of his, you know, arm in the show, in the show, I think that is a battle. That's a struggle inside of like what's going to overtake. Is it going to be man or is it going to be beast? Is it going to be the monster within or is it going to be the human out? So that and is, you say you didn't like this show. I'm just saying that I that's what I thought of when I when I when I saw that. That's a beautiful assessment. I I can assess things and still not like it overall. I can still assess well, things. I think it was a weird wing because he was going to kill himself, right? Mm-hmm. And it, obviously going through the air and i just feel like it could catch him right right the monster catches him exactly and what i do like and this is again this is another reference to something completely different is that (laughs) you know when when he's done battling and he receives the hug from um yeah yeah the macgyver wheelchair the macgyver wheelchair guy and he's basically tells him it's not your fault oh and he yeah. breaks down crying i was just like goodwill hunting goodwill hunting it's not your fault yes. it's not your fault it's not your fault don't you fuck with me it's not your fault <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah it was very matt damon robin and williams robin williams in that moment because he like in that moment because in this moment that's when he like breaks down crying like he he comes to human form you know, he's mm-hmm. damaged, but he comes to human form and he's like breaking down crying and everything because somebody is showing him the emotion and bringing him warmth and letting him know that he's OK. You know, he's mm-hmm. not he's not the monster. None of these deaths, including his parents and sibling, were not his fault. Exactly. They're not his fault. It's not your fault. Wow. Profound. Profound. Did you have anything else you wanted to add about Sweet Home? Um, I will say for Sweet Home, I'm going to say this. Oh, Lord. I will entertain the first couple of episodes of season two. Oh. Just to kind of see if they have where they're going with the show. But if it's more of we're just trying to survive type of thing, I'll, I'll cut it. You'll cut it. I'll cut it. I'll stop and I'll just be like, okay, this the show is doing exactly what they were doing in season one. They're not moving forward. That's not how I see it. But okay. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to ask you was which ones were your favorite monsters? Hmm. So visually, I think the um, 
what's the basically the one that got like half of his head chopped off oh yeah um, like visually like that was like such a cool looking one because then yeah. it became an auditory monster so mm-hmm. it's like if he can't see you and he can't hear you then you can kind of maneuver around so that was a cool one i like that monster you should see how they did that in real life because it was a person in a suit. See, that that one looked good because of the fact that it was It was practical. a person in a suit and then I think the mouth was um, like not an animatronic. Yeah, it yeah, was like, uh, controlled. Controlled. Controlled movements. So that was all real life and then the head of the person was CGI'd out. Yeah, had to be. but Obviously, yeah. <laughs> The cranium was CGI'd out, but really cool monsters. Yeah, a lot a of cool them looking one. were rather practical. The spider monster that was climbing all over the ceiling and contorting and stuff, they had a real contortionist Nice on set. A rather famous contortionist come and do that. That was really so good. So they were reacting to like a real guy that was doing all the crazy moves and contorting his body and whatnot. Right. Um I will say the ones that I didn't like. Uh, the eye monster. Yeah. It's whatever. Not my favorite. And then yeah. the one that really like I was just like it kept taking me out because of the effects was like the um, like the snake tongue like. Oh, the, one of the first monsters. Yeah, that one was of the first monsters. Drinking their blood. Yeah, exactly. That one. Uh, and it appeared a couple of other times later on in the season. Mm-hmm. But like when they would show it, I would just be like. Eh, this is this doesn't look good. Okay, I know it doesn't look good, but the way that they had those scenes set up, I thought I was scared shitless every time it would come out. That was my problem. I wasn't getting scared from that character. Oh my god. I was more scared from like this half headless guy. Like I guess uh-huh. because visually it just looked a little more real than than the other one. It was there with them. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. I Wanted to know more about the Flash dude that was in the basement. Hmm. The really fast yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah, the really fast monster. That, that would have been nice. It to looked know. like a fawn with like goat legs, you know? Yeah, I know like which one. Like mythical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't a fawn. No. Of it just had those type those of legs. qualities and everything. Yeah. That would have been cool to learn. So and my guess is uh, season two will definitely have like a repertoire of like new monsters that we've never seen before my guess is their budget will be bigger uh probably that's no my word guess on what the budge is but i mean if if 27 season or 27 million gets you 10 episodes so you know my guess is it, they'll bump that up to maybe like something like 40 or something like that kind of hmm. yeah i think and if that's the case then you'll definitely see uh obviously improvements in in the cgi category but you'll <laughs> but you'll also see just overall improvements production wise so you know they get, it, here's one thing that i i hope that i hope for season two get them into multiple areas do not stick them in one area for the entire season wow they need i think they need to be able to interact in multiple areas I don't know what to say. Maybe Kingdom is a better show for Kingdom is a zombie K drama that's really high budget Netflix original period piece. But 
is it is it the same thing of like they're just trying no, to survive all or over. do like no there's a mystery and they try and figure out why this is happening what's the impetus for the zombies so that would be more up my lane most likely i'm wondering if i should have had you watch the kingdom instead <laughs> As we wrap up the As episode, we wrap this episode for Sweet Home. Sweet home. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Anyway, I don't have anything else to say about I, Sweet Home. You got nothing? I'm good. Okay, bro. Thank you so much for watching a K-drama that you didn't even like. But, <laughs> uh, if you guys have comments, questions, anything at all, please let us know at TebakPod. We are more than happy to talk about Sweet Home. Rico is more than happy to expound upon his feelings and thoughts on the show. And if you want to say a good, put a good word in for Song Kong or any other show, please do. If you think Rico would like it, I would love to hear recommendations for what Rico should watch uh, because I think I've struck out like too many times. <laughs> I, I truly feel like I'm doing it badly. <laughs> watch, making you watch some of these shows, and you're like, eh, whatever. Right. It, it just not my thing. Sometimes. All right. Fine. Fine. So. Anyway, thanks for being here, Rico. And of course, if you want to listen to me and Rico some more, you can always head over to Always the Critic Movie Podcast, which is the original podcast that we've been doing for many years now it is all about movies we watch recent releases we just did barbenheimer which by the time this episode on sweet home comes out barbenheimer will be a little older but <laughs> that's fine uh we would love you over there too anyway that is it that's been our show i'm jessica and i'm rico and this has been the tebaki rambles podcast Don't